Welcome to the Boonville Worship Center Sermon Podcast. Welcome to church. I've been feeling that rumbling in my spirit this morning, and I'm, I'm, I'm always like on the verge of like, is it me? Is it the Holy Spirit? But I've come to learn whenever I feel this thing inside of my spirit that God's always in the middle of that. I kind of have a preach rolling in me, but I'll try to keep this to just a minute. I'm going to read a scripture. We got to go be a part of a conference yesterday, and some of the things that he said was um, really, really struck me. And I feel like the main takeaway that I got last night was I have got to begin to believe fully that he is who he says that he is and that I am who he says that I am. Because whenever, when our shield of faith is activated, it dispels all of the, all of the targets of the enemy, all of the shots of the enemy. I'm just going to go down and read this one. So I'm in Song of Solomon. chapter 4 verse 9 and if you have the passion translation this is actually written in red because it's actually Jesus talking to his bride and Jesus says like let's like let's just step out on a limb and be like wow let's actually believe what he's saying to us here he says for when you reach into my heart With just one flash of your eyes, I am undone by your love. This is Jesus talking to you. Whenever we actually step in and engage in worship and relationship with him. And then he says, my beloved, my equal, my bride. He says, you leave me breathless and I am overcome by merely a glance from your worshiping eyes for you have stolen my heart. And I was actually meditating on this scripture as I was falling asleep last night. And I was thinking about how much, okay, let's lock in. I I know I'm losing some of you, but how moved he is by my slight turn to him. By my slight turn to him, he is so moved, his heart starts beating frantically for you. And I'm laying there and I'm thinking about this and I'm like, why do I ever let the doubts of the enemy hit me whenever I am praying? If he is moved that much by just a little bit of my worship, whenever I am in the place of prayer and worship, he cannot resist our voice towards him our words are never hitting the ceiling let's let's stand so god i just ask god that you would increase our faith today that you would increase our knowing of you say god i want to know you more i want to believe who you say that you are and i want to believe who you say that i am and so jesus we lift you up in this place And we thank you, we thank you that you continue running 
after us and you do not stop pursuing us even in our weakness you are good in Jesus name Lori was talking about um, the love of the bridegroom at the beginning of the service and the thing the Lord's been touching my heart with today and for the last several weeks is the father and it's this realization that the way that God has revealed himself to us is a God who wants us to come to him to come to him he is beckoning us and calling us and showing forth every in every way possible I want you with me the father sent sent his son and the son is burning in passion for us and the father willingly gave up his son's life that we could have life to bring us back to him when this begins to touch our hearts it removes rejection it removes condemnation it removes fear and this is something I need to grow in every single day, the realization of a God in heaven who is saying, come to me, come, 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 come. That's what he's saying all the time, come, come. If you feel weary and burdened, come. If you feel lonely, come. If you feel like you're not enough, come. If you feel like you just messed up, come. I am here, come, I'm a father, I'm a friend. I'm a bridegroom. I accept you in every single way. I accept you. And I have died so that you would be completely clean. Come. So I just want to pray that over our hearts. That we would receive the God who is saying, come to me. Because we put up walls. We put up walls. So Father, today, God, I thank you that you are a father. You are a father to every single one of us, God. And you desired that we would be born, not of flesh, not of the will of man, but born of you. So I ask today, God, that, that we would hear your voice and your passion, the bridegroom, the father beckoning us to come to you. God, whatever it is that we need, you are here, you are available. And you are saying, come to me. I am more than enough. So God, release that grace to our hearts today. That we would quiet ourselves. That we would be able to receive from the burning and shining and brilliant God who loves us and wants us and accepts us. We thank you, God. We bless your name today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Praise God. What a good morning. Grab your Bibles this morning, and uh, I invite you to open them up to uh, 1 Corinthians in chapter 12. 1 Corinthians in chapter 12. We'll dig in there in just a, dig in there in just a moment. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and then... Uh, so we're going to read just a little bit out of, out of uh, Galatians chapter 5 here later on, but we're going to start in 1 Corinthians in chapter 12. Amen. Praise God for His Word. Amen. Uh, 
going to pray over us again here in just a moment just for this specific word. Um, I, I begin speaking the, the topic or title for today is Living in the Supernatural Part 2. I started this two weeks ago. Uh, and then last week we had uh, uh, Miss Rhonda come in and, and minister to us on the fear of the Lord, which was so amazing. And uh, she did such a wonderful job. But we're getting back into this, and I'm going to take several more weeks um, living in the supernatural. So I'm just going to lay a little foundation. I want you to understand that I'm not talking about... Um, just um, operating at a high level of anointing a man with a suit on and a sweat rag and he's preaching and taking deep breaths in between every two or three words glory hallelujah i mean i love that kind of preaching but uh, uh and and whatever thing sometimes when you use the word the supernatural uh our minds can go different places than there I'm talking about looking like Jesus. Amen? I'm talking about what we as the church, how we should be living, and ultimately just looking like Jesus. Uh, living our lives in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Acts 1.8, right? And His supernatural power being manifested in and through our lives. And so, I just want to touch on this real quick. Uh, but... Uh, uh, two weeks ago when I opened up this uh, series that I'm going to be teaching on, um, uh, a couple key things that I want to draw you back to because they're, they're foundational. But one, when we're talking about the supernatural and living in the supernatural, um, it's purity and power. It's holiness and gifts. Come on. So it's not just a, a high level of operating in a prophetic anointing or laying hands on someone and feeling the tangible uh, presence, glory of God on you. When we're talking about living in the supernatural, it is, it is two-part. It is, it is supernaturally how He changes in us and works in us, empowers us to truly walk and live in the Spirit and not in the flesh resulting in purity and a pursuit of holiness as God is holy, and then, and then the demonstration, Him demonstrating His power out of us. So it's purity and power, it's holiness, and it's signs. And so in order to function in power, we got to experience purity. Which is really where I feel like God has the church at now. So, you know, a lot of people you've heard ask, you know, where's the power in the church? Where's the signs? Where's the wonders? Where's this great increase of anointing? And, and I think we've got to turn that question back around and ask us, where's the purity in the church? Come on, somebody. So we've got to have both of them. Matter of fact, I would say that purity, or you could or add the word obedience, is the pathway to the power, or for the power to operate. So without obedience, without purity, there's not going to be a lot of operation of the power. Okay, everybody good? So I laid that down two weeks ago, and then in that finishing out that first part of this, I talked about the challenges of living out a supernatural lifestyle, some of the hindrances to us. And so we talked about criticism and opposition. Um, I would add into that the fear of man. 
Not even just individually, but even as a congregation, so many churches don't operate at a deep level of the supernatural because of criticism, because of opposition, and because of the fear of man. How man might, how man might respond to it. Amen? And so whatever, but that's a, that's a big one. We talked about how uh, it's not easy to sustain. Uh, we've all seen people that they grew and, 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 and uh, the anointing of God begin to come on and they begin to grow in gifts. But you know, the, the more God does through us, the more vulnerability we have for pride to, re- to sink in and it becomes more about us than Him. Amen? So there's, there's that challenge. Um, I think one of the <coughs> greatest challenges of living out a supernatural lifestyle ultimately is it requires stewarding. It requires stewarding. Um, you're not going to just know about Jesus all week long Claim Him as your Savior and Lord, but really not press into Him, not have any relation with Him all week long, and then show up on Sunday and, and just expect the anointing of God to fall on you. So a lot of people aren't living and operating and walking in a supernatural lifestyle to the degree where the gifts of the Holy Spirit are manifesting out of them. Come on, because we're not stewarding our hearts. We're not stewarding our minds. We're not stewarding our lifestyle. So it takes, it takes work. Come on, somebody. So you begin to live our lives every day like, like with under the revelation that we're hosting His presence. And everything that we, that, we, that, we, that we begin to entertain to watch or to listen to or to do or our conversation, it's like, ah, are we, are we under the awareness that we're hosting the presence of God in that? And how we host His presence is directly related to our purity that's directly related to the power that flows out of us. Amen? That's why, we, that's why we've seen some, some highly anointed people become unanointed. God didn't change His mind on how He wanted to anoint them, but they changed their lifestyle. That became a hindrance to the anointing. Everybody good? Okay, just trying to revisit some things that we laid down there. So let me jump into this. For the, for the next couple of weeks, we're going we're gonna to be looking at the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Um, we're going to be talking about understanding uh, spiritual gifts and manifestations and just like truly biblically what it looks like to live out a supernatural lifestyle. We're going to be digging into 1 Corinthians chapter 12, chapter 13, and chapter 14. And then other uh, scriptures so that we can look at everything in, in the scope of the, of the whole, in the full context of God. But these are going to be the chapters that, that God's put on my heart. They're going to be the, the ones that I feel like uh, that we need understanding and revelation in. Amen? Let me start with this. This prayer has been on my, on my heart. I've been praying this prayer uh, over myself, over you, over people. Um, I've been hearing it more and more and more. Actually, I, we, someone was praying last night and I heard them pray this prayer. Paul's apostolic prayer in Ephesians in chapter 1. So I'm just going to read it and then we're going to pray. We're going to receive it. But Paul's praying and he says, he's prayed that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory. Now watch this. Here's what he's asking for over, over the church. That, that He may give to you the Spirit of wisdom. How many want the Spirit of wisdom today? And the Spirit of revelation outside of our own experiences. How many of you are even ready for God to change some of the things you've been taught wrong? Because I feel like that's how we grow from precept to precept to precept. Amen? 
I'm always open to that. But the more I pastor, I'm praying every year, every year that goes by, God, help me, help me grow. So here's he's praying, he's praying this, God, that you may give to them the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of our understanding being enlightened, that we may know what is the hope of his calling, watch this, which are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And then verse 19 says, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. Amen? Let's pray that together. Father, right now, we submit ourselves to You. We say, God, we're students of Your Word. We're always growing. We're growing from precept to precept, line upon line, God. Lord, we ask today that our own knowledge within ourselves is limited, God. Our own intellect is limited, God. But we've got the Holy Spirit that is the best teacher of all. So today, God, we pray for the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation to rest upon us. We pray, as Paul prayed, God, that You would open up the eyes of our understanding. That we would begin to look past our fears. We begin to look past even our life experiences and the experiences of others. And that God, we would just be at this place this morning where the spirit of revelation is opening up the truth of God's Word in our heart. And I say, Lord, correct me where I need corrected. Change me where I need change, God. Release Your Word. Let it become life in me, God. That we could walk in the fullness of Your power and all that You have for us as sons and daughters. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody says, Amen. Amen, Amen, Amen. Alright. Uh, <coughs> excuse me for my coughing today. Alright, so 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Here we go. Praise God. You guys excited? You nervous? No? We're going we're gonna to dig into so many different things. And then probably the next two weeks, I'm going to be taking the nine uh, spiritual gifts that Paul talks about, manifestations, and we're just going to learn about each one of them and how they operate and how they function. And we're going to begin to break this down together. How many are excited just to dig in and see what the Word of God says? Amen. So we're going to do that. Today's going to be a little bit different because I'm not going to get there. I want to talk today about the fundamentals. Just the fundamentals. I want, I want, to, I want, to, I want to, before we get to, to understand the nine gifts, we got to be able to see through the lens that Paul was seeing through when he wrote this. So we're going to, we're going to look at that. We're going to get his heartbeat. And we're going to start today with the fundamentals to understanding spiritual gifts. This is the, this is the, the foundation work that we're doing this morning. Amen? So the weeks to come, well, I don't know, Holy Ghost may just fall this morning and be the greatest service we've ever had. But my goal today is to ground us in the Word. And I believe as we're grounded in the Word, it's going to open up the door for the weeks to come. Amen? So how many can just be students today? You got a notepad with you? Right? If not, steal your neighbors or get a sheet of paper from them and get a pen. And let's hear what God says. So today we're going to talk, and I'm going to, I'm going to be specifically in 1 Corinthians in chapter 12. Verse 1 through 11. So if you haven't got there, I want you to get there for that. I'm so glad to see so many young people and teenagers here today. These young men out here, some of you should take notes. They got their Bibles. They got their notepads. How many of you believe that God's going to honor, honor them, putting themselves in position to hear from God today? Amen? He's going to teach them. He's going to grow them. They're going to have great revelation. And So Lord, help us in that. Let me just say something real quick. The enemy has caused so much division in the church. 
over understanding spiritual gifts. The church as a whole, one of the, one of the key things, this has been one of the greatest areas in the church that has caused divisions. And we've experienced it in this church over, over, our, over 40 years of, of existence. How, how, is it 50? Over 50. 50 years. 52 this year. Praise God for 52 years, the Boonville Worship Center, the birth of God, of this ministry. But I would, I would say that probably in those 52 years, this is probably one thing in, 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 in all, most churches, definitely here, that ends up uh, causing uh, division and just lack of understanding in it. So again, as I prayed uh, Paul's apostolic prayer, let's invite the Holy Spirit to teach us. Amen? And let's invite the Holy Spirit to open our spiritual eyes and revelation of God's Word here. So let's read it. You guys got it open? Amen. Let's dig in. I love the Word. Don't you love the Word? 1 Corinthians in chapter 12. Okay, so Paul says now to the church, <coughs> Now guys, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these. This is real important. Verse 2, so important. You know that you were Gentiles and you were carried away to these dumb idols. However you were led. Okay. So then, he, so then he switches and he says, So now therefore, therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except the Holy Spirit. He says there are diversities of gifts, but it's the same Spirit, guys. There are differences of ministries, but it's the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. And we'll come back to verse 7 quite a bit. Then Paul says, but the manifestations, the manifestations of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But it is the one and the same Spirit that works all these things distributing to each one individually as He wills. Isn't that good? One of the most... We've got to get our lens pulled in here so everybody wants to go to the gifts. One of the most important things to see in these verses is the emphasis is not on the manifestations. The emphasis is not on the gifts as much as the Holy Spirit, as He wills, operating through our lives. Come on. The Scripture identifies the work of the Holy Spirit in two key ways. This is so important. So Scripture identifies how the Holy Spirit manifests and how He produces in our lives in two key ways. One is the fruit of the Spirit, which... Is, is in relation to our character, our purity, come on, our holiness. So let's look at this real quick. Go, 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 uh, 
go to Galatians now, right there, right there, right there. First Corinthians, Second Corinthians, get right there into Galatians in chapter five. We're going to read it, even though it's familiar, but let's just let the word be read over us. You got it? Yeah? So now look at this, okay? Because again, two, two, the two carry, this is important because they go together. They go together. So now here in Galatians 5 and 22 and 23, this whole passage, I, for time reasons, I, I, would lo- I would love to read it all, but I'm not. But it's, it's, it's talking about my whole sermon series about living a supernatural lifestyle. But here it's talking about the production, that what the Holy Spirit should be producing in us. In, in, in chapter 5, verse 22, it says, but the fruit, everybody say fruit. It's the fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is love. It's joy, it's peace, it's long-suffering, it's kindness, it's goodness, it's faithfulness, it's gentleness, it's self-control. How many of you can just admit we need more of the fruit today? Self-control. And it says, against such things there is no law. We're just going to stop right there. But I wanted us to lay this foundation because it's so pivotal to what Paul is speaking on in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14, because you can't have power without purity, and the fruit is directly related to purity and in, in walking out a life of holiness. Come on, church. So here Paul identifies these nine fruits that are a result of the Spirit working in a person. They are, they are supernatural. So when we talk about pursuing a supernatural lifestyle, I, I think before we start pursuing the gift of prophecy and laying, on the, uh, laying our hands on the sick, we ought to start praying and believing for the supernatural productions of the gifts of the Holy Spirit because every one of us in here need it. Amen? So this is where it begins at in us. So Paul's identifying this. They're supernatural. Fruits of the Spirit produced in us to live out a supernatural lifestyle. Come on, somebody. And again, what I'm wanting you to see is that the emphasis should, 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 the emphasis should not be on, on, the, on the fruit as much as the one who produces the fruit. Just like the, the emphasis should be not on the manifestations or the gifts of the Spirit as much as the one who produces and manifests them in us. Come on. So what you really learn about all these three chapters is the ministry of the Trinity and the power of the Holy Spirit living in each one of us and how we're to be walking intimately with Him every day. And as we do, you can't walk with the Spirit and walk in your flesh. So God is taking us to a place where we're walking in the Spirit and living in the Spirit. And as we're living in the Spirit, these things are produced in us. Amen? Every day, every day, every moment of the day, we make this decision to be in the Spirit, stay in the Spirit, so His fruit is produced. I'm not even going to take the time to talk about the fruits of the enemy. They're pretty evident already. So the two ways, two, two, two key biblical ways in what, in the working of the Holy Spirit in us. One is the fruit of the Spirit. The second one is what we're going to be talking about in these, in these upcoming weeks, and that's the function, the function of Holy Spirit inside of us. It is the manifestation of the Spirit. Amen? So, uh, back to 12 and 7. 1 Corinthians 12 and 7. <coughs> 
And Paul says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. And then Paul goes on to identify these nine manifestations that are that are to be and should be a result of the Spirit working in and through a person. Amen. Okay, so the fruits and the functions. Everybody say fruits and functions. Fruits and manifestations. Uh, both, both fruit and function or manifestations are essential for a believer and, and for the body of Christ. Now here's the key. They are the working of the Holy Spirit. They are the working of the Holy Spirit. They, again, they link together purity and power. The fruit and the functions. He links together. He produces and He manifests these things over them. And one, and one thing I want us to, as a church family to know and be reminded of is we should never prioritize one over the other because they both are directly linked together. We've got to have purity. And, 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 and you, you're not going to be effective if you're a church that's fully focused on purity within power. Come on. Because you need the power in the church for the building up of the church. Come on, man. So there's, there can't be like a, not one is any greater than the other, but, but, but I will say that purity is the pathway for power. Okay. Um, okay. Praise God. For this series... Here in these upcoming weeks, I'm going to focus. Um, I'm going to focus on the the gifts. I'm going to focus on First Corinthians chapter twelve and verse nine. I feel like we've got it. We understand. But I want you to go back in, and I want you to I want you to be focused on the purity part. I want you to be focused on Galatians chapter five and the importance of 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 him producing this in our lives. But I'm going to dig in, and we're going to talk, and we're going to hear the voice of the Lord on the on the functions, the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. Okay, is that good? I'm just going to drop this in real quick before I forget, kind of going back to verse 7. There's just so many key things in there, but when, when, one thing that I want you to always be reminded of when it comes to the functioning and the, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, when you look at verse 7, it makes something really clear. It says, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. One thing I want to make sure that we're aware of as we grow in this is that it's never about you. It's never about you. Amen? It's always about Him. It's always about Him. Never should we be puffed up. Never should we be magnified more. Everything that we do, the greater the anointing that flows through us, man, what a blessing that it is to be an instrument for God to work through and use through. But it is for the profit and the benefit of all for the church. Amen? Okay, so let's break a few things down. You guys got your notepad out? So I want to just uh, help us to see a few things here that I feel like are, are really important. But where it says here, but the manifestation of the Spirit. This word manifestation is, is the word um, phaner, phanerosis. Phanerosis. So again, we're, we're taking this whole Scripture, not just the nine gifts, and we're looking through a lens of what's Paul talking about. So here he says, the manifestation of the Spirit, it's, again, it's the word uh, phanerosis, and that word means exhibition or 
uh, an expression. It means something that is to be displayed. So Paul says the manifestation, the ex, the, the ex uh, expression, exhibition. Uh, it, in other words, he's saying it's the display of the Holy Spirit in and through our lives. So the display of the Spirit, the expression of the Spirit, is given to each one for the profit of all. So good. Now the now the 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 manifestation, the 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 phanerosis of the spirit, the display of the spirit as the whole is of greater concern here to Paul than the nine actual functions. So I think the enemy has come into the church in this particular passage and, 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 and he caused such division and nastiness focused on who has what gifts, who, how many gifts can a person have, and how the gifts operate, and all of this stuff, and totally loses sight of the whole emphasis of Paul's message to the church, and that is, it should all be, you have the Holy Ghost in you that produces fruit, and out of the production of the fruit, he's going to display himself out of your life as he needs to for the profit of whoever's around you. So the emphasis on the Spirit himself. And, the, and so the Spirit functions, manifests himself, not for the benefit of the individual believer, but for the profit of all for the body. So the Spirit is on display, and we're like, we're the canvas or the instrument. How many of you want to be a canvas and instrument for the Holy Spirit? Amen? Like, man, Holy Spirit, be displayed out of my life. Be displayed. But even that, I keep kind of wanting to draw us back to the, to the fruit because, man, everybody's like, man, everybody wants to prophesy. I'm like, oh God, Holy Spirit, display yourself powerfully through me with the, with the manifestation of prophecy. Oh, it's so good. But how many of us are praying, God, Holy Spirit, display yourself through me in self-control. Display yourself through me with kindness and gentleness. Come on, somebody. So this, it's all, everything he's speaking on is about how we are to be canvases for the Holy Spirit to be seen and to be on display. Amen? Alright, everybody good? Alright. I'm going to back us back up. I'm going to show us something important. I'm going to back you up to verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. So, <clears throat> Paul says, now, now, brethren, now, brethren, concerning, concerning spiritual gifts, I do not want you to be ignorant. Ignorant. Okay. First of all, he, here in our translations, it says, now concerning spiritual gifts. I, I want this church family to understand and just to know that the word gifts, the word gifts is not actually in the verse. In the original writing, this is, a, this is an interpreted word that's been, that's been laid in here for us to understand. And we can, I think we all know what it means, but again, it's putting, it puts 
all the emphasis on how, on how He can use us, how He flows through us, which is important. But this word gifts is not actually in the verse. In verse 1, it's the, it's the word pneumatica. Pneumatica. So now concerning pneumatica, which means the spiritual. So Paul's saying, now concerning the spiritual, the things of the Spirit. The, the word spiritual is the word uh, pneumaticos, which means supernatural experience. It's a, it's a, a body or a believer dominated and, and, and being led by and used by the Holy Spirit. So this is important because again, Paul's concern was their ignorance of supernatural experiences. Come on. And then I'm going to, this is going to help make even more sense when you put it all together. But it's like, we forget about all these other verses in here. But, but he goes right into that then. So he says, guys, I, I, I don't want you to be ignorant concerning the spiritual things, the things of the Spirit. But then if you look in verse 2, he says, you know that you were Gentiles carried away by dumb idols, however you were led. So verse 2 is really important here. Now, now let, me, let me show you. Let's just say, the Corinth church was a mess. They were a mess. They were operating in the flesh, um, division, all this stuff. The church was surrounded by pagan, by pagan worship because uh, polytheism, which is the belief in many gods, was was rampant there, right? It was so prevalent. Then for them, the, the, the common thought was that each gift or manifestation was generated by a different God. Like in this pagan worship, you know, they had the God of fertility. They had a, a God of, uh, for, of wisdom. They had a God of power. They had a God of light. All these different things. And this is what the, the, the church in Corinth was like surrounded by. He was beginning to influence in, into the church. And so Paul says, if one, so then he goes on and, and breaks us down even more. So he's dealing with their confusion. And Paul says, if, if one is speaking under the influence of the Holy Spirit, then they will, they will exalt Jesus as Lord and no other gods in verse 3. It makes really clear what the emphasis of, of Paul's writing here in chapter 12 is about, guys. It's about the one Spirit that works all in all. And that there's not many spirits doing many things. He's talking about their ignorance towards the things of the Spirit and the Spirit realm. Then he continues to express in verses 4, 5, and 6 that the same Spirit, the same Lord and God operated in and through each person. Come on. In other words, Paul is underscoring the supremacy of the Holy Spirit in His manifestations through a believer's life. Everybody with me? It really helps to know and to see through the lens of where he's coming at and who he's talking to and what they were going through. And our culture today, guys, is just as fascinated by the supernatural realm as they were back in biblical days. And we see it in new age junk. We see it through the psychics, through the mediums, through the fortune tellers, through all of these things. I mean, the, the enemy always tries to counterfeit 
what God can do. Amen? And this, this, is, this is what Paul's warning his church about, man. He's warning about the things of the Spirit. There's going to be one Spirit. He'll work. He can work all in all as He wills, man. So this pursuit is the pursuit of the Holy Spirit to, to, for Him to produce His fruit in us and the, 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 the fruit puts us in position for the power to be released out of and we're moment by moment walking with the revelation that we're hosting the glory of God in the presence of the Holy Spirit and as we do, then the Holy Spirit wants to be displayed out of our lives for the profit of all. Amen? And this is what He's dealing with. Come on, somebody. Supernatural experiences will only serve to divide and mislead Christians if they're not under the dominion of the Holy Spirit. I'm probably going to say it again because everything comes down to this. Supernatural experiences will only serve to divide and mislead Christians if they're not under the dominion of the Holy Spirit. So the focal point of Paul was on was on the ignorance of the church in regards to the, the spiritual things because of the pagan lifestyle that was around them that identified every different work as a different God. Paul's, uh, this, is, this is Paul's focal point in this passage. Not, not, not who has what gifts or how many gifts. Well, I'm going to talk about that. We're going to get into that. Probably next week, I'm going to get into that. But it's about the one who manifests in a believer's life for the profit, the increase, the build-up of all. Amen? Um, <clears throat> Alright. So what's the purpose of the manifestations or the gifts? The function of the Holy Spirit? I just kind of answered it, but I'm going to answer it again. I'm going to take you back to the same verse chapter 12, verse 7, the manifestations of the Spirit of God. So the display, the display of the, of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So I, just, I want you to think about this for a moment because this, is, this can kind of just wash over, but this is how important this, this is to the church. <coughs> that word profit means to assist. Profit to assist, to increase, to build up, to strengthen. So the Spirit manifests to strengthen the body of Christ. He, he is on display in us, right, for the purpose of building and strengthening and edifying the body of Christ. <clears throat> In chapter 14, we're not going to study this too much today, but I'll give you this one verse. Uh, but in, in, cha in, in chapter 14, verse 12, which he, it's still all in the same dialogue, chapter 12, 13, and 14. So in, in chapter 14, 12, Paul says, Even so you, since you are zealous for uh, spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. 
The word edify means to make something strong, to build up. So let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. Come on, not to promote yourself, not for your next book or your next assignment or your next this, but let it be for the edification of the church that you allow and step into a place where His fruit is manifested in your life. And then He begins to display His power out of you as He wills in Jesus' name. For the profit and edification and building up of the church. This is so important. Why do you think the enemy has fought this, this specific subject so much? Because this scripture identifies that it is the display of the Holy Spirit through individual uh, 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 members, individual people, children, sons and daughters of God that profits and builds up and edifies the church. The last thing the enemy wants is the church edified. Can you kind of see the battle that we're in here? Okay. Holy Spirit desires to manifest through your life for the profit and edification of the church. I don't know about you, but I say we need more profit and edification in the church than ever before today. Amen. So there's that. The purpose. It's important that we understand the perfect purpose of the gifts. And that it's not about us. It's for the profit of the church. But yet, if we understand that it's for the profit of our church, if it's for the profit of our young people to be raised up in, a, in an anointed atmosphere where men and women of God are, are, are walking in a way that the fruit of the Spirit is produced through them. And they're walking with such sensitivity in yielding to the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit is manifesting on display out of their lives. And then you think about how that alone would edify and lift up and build up just these two young men. Just these two young men. How it should awaken even more in us a desire for the Holy Spirit to be displayed in us. It should awaken even more a willingness to step out in faith and allow Him to produce and function His gifts through us. Come on, man. Because ultimately, if it's for the edification of the church, then what we're holding back isn't just holding back for us. We're holding back what the church needs. Everybody good? Okay. So I'm switching gears. Ready? I want to talk about, I feel like I'm going to finish today with identifying three pillars of supernatural gifts manifestations of the Spirit. Three, three important pillars that are needed for Holy Spirit to be on display rightly in us and through us. Individually, but also as a house. So can we receive this as a house as well? Say, Lord, let this, let Boonville Worship Center grab this. Let us, let Boonville Worship Center have these three pillars in place, God. Amen? So, um, okay. Three pillars that supernatural gifts are built upon. Okay, number one, number one, and again, it's all sandwiched in 12, 13, and 14. But number one is love. We're going to come back and hit these things just a little bit, but number one is the pillar of love in your life. The pillar of love being established in a house. 
in, in chapter 12, in, in verse 31, um, Paul says, earnestly desire the best gifts. We'll talk about that later. He reveals the best gifts in chapter 14. So he says, earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I will show you a more excellent way. And then he goes on, and then we get into chapter 13. So, the more excellent way, guys, the more excellent way is the fruit of the Spirit. Love's not a gift. Love is a fruit. Galatians 5. So he says, desire eagerly, earnestly, earnestly, passionately, eagerly, desire these gifts, the best gifts, and yet I will show you a more excellent way. And the excellent way is the fruit of the Spirit. It's, it's love, and again, love is a fruit. In chapter 13, he, we, you know, we're familiar with this, but in chapter 13, he goes on to say that you can manifest all the gifts, but without love it profits nothing. You can manifest all the gifts, but without love it's going to profit nothing. So we've got to grab a hold of this. Doesn't matter. Listen, you can. You, he could have. He could have been working through you, working through you. You could have been. He. You could have been bearing fruit. You could have been. You could have been. He could. He could be on display through your life, and you could be flowing fluently with the gift of healing and signs and wonders and miracles and the gift of prophecy. And then something happened in your life, and all of a sudden, the the fruit becomes bad in your heart. Come on, and all of a sudden, love begins to be diminished, and then you continue to go ahead and do what, what you've done before and that gift has no anointing on it and it's just noisy without love. It's like a warning. like Not to be fearful, but it's why we've got to guard our heart in all things, the Bible says. But, but he, he goes on in chapter 13 explaining this even more and he's like, it, it, like without love, it profits nothing. Paul was making it clear that, that spiritual gifts manifested without love, have no value. They have no value. Um, he defines love in verse 4-8, through eight, and for time reasons, we're not going to go through that, but you know, love is patient, love is kind. All those beautiful things. So here's what I want you to grab a hold of, because this is where some people take this and get this messed up, where there's no pursuit or yielding to the manifestations or gifts of the Spirit. But what I want you to see in this is, is, that, Paul, is, that, is, is Paul's saying, help me Lord. Let me tell you what Paul wasn't saying. Paul wasn't saying the manifestations or the gifts of the Spirit were not important or needed anymore. Amen? Because there's a whole belief system in that. That's not at all what Paul is saying. Read, read the rest of the Scripture. He's saying, love must be a pillar and the gifts should flow out of love. Purity and power. Purity and power. Come on, somebody. This should, this should be ministry. This just should be hitting our hearts. This is a reality in every one of us because we love Jesus. And we love people, but people hurt us. And people let us down. And then we just don't agree with people sometimes. And then sometimes people are just wrong. We're living life shoulder to shoulder as, as men and women of God that love Jesus. And no matter how close you get to someone, they annoy you at times. 
Come on, man. They will make you mad at times. You will sometimes fully disagree with one another. All these things happen in life. Come on, somebody. The church has to awaken to the revelation that love is a pillar to the display of the Holy Spirit, and the enemy knows it, and he is always going to be on the attack of your heart. I cannot tell you through the years how many people I've had alongside of me that just, men, they love you, they're there, they're, it's everything. The kind of people that they would tell you and you would think, man, this is a lifelong relationship and friendship. And then in the midst of somewhere, all it took is one little cracked door for the devil to get in and do what he does. And all of a sudden, that breaks down the love of our heart. And then it breaks down the revelation of the Lord because you're seeing and hearing out of your flesh and not out of the Spirit. And it distorts and makes everything messy. And then we operate out of our feelings and not out of faith. And we're a hot mess. How do I know this? Because I've walked through that many times. How many of you today are thankful for the grace of God? That'll lift us out of tough things sometimes. But I'm telling you, I'm wanting to see some profit in this house. I'm wanting to see some edification and build up and awakening and strengthening and the release of the supernatural manifestations of God that reveal the glory and the power of God. And whatever we've got to do and to uphold to make sure that love is the pillar of our hearts, church, we have got to do. Amen? Is that good? Everybody okay? All right, we're going to pray into that a little bit later. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to, i got to go. So number two, number two, is unity and maturity. And you're going to find this right here in chapter 12, actually. It's unity and maturity. So, love has to be a pillar for the, for, for the, for the uh, display, the manifestations of the Spirit. And secondly, is unity and maturity. Starting in, 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 in uh, chapter 12 and uh, uh, verse, verse 12, uh, Paul talks about the importance of unity and diversity as one body. As one body. And how each part... You guys, you guys remember, we read through this. And how each, each part of the body needs one another. It's a kingdom, it's a kingdom culture, guys, right? And so this is what he's this is what he's bringing down and breaking out to us. But here's the key verse. Here's the key verse that reveals the pillar of maturity <coughs> and unity for the release of the display of the Holy Spirit. And it's in verse 25. So he talks to them about, about how, how uh, each, each one of their uniquenesses and, and his purpose and, and um, callings on each one of them, but how, they, how every part needs the other part. And then in verse 25, Paul says, says this to them. He says that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. That there should be no schism in the body, but the members should have the same care one for another. That word schism is the word division and, and or dissension. So Paul's saying, guys, let there be no division. Let there be no dissension amongst you guys. 
Again, he's linking together the importance of the fruit. Because when the fruit of the Spirit is fully being produced in us, guys, we're not going to be causing division and we're not going to be involved in, in dissension. So again, he's bringing us back to the importance of the fruit of the Spirit. Come on, somebody. He's linking them together, the importance of them for the release of the manifestation. So when Paul instructed the Corinthians that there should be no schism in the body, he was challenging them to grow in spiritual maturity. Every time my flesh hurts, there's always one thing that I know for sure. Whether I brought it on myself, whether it was undeserved, whether I didn't... There's one thing I always understand when my flesh begins to hurt over a situation and I feel these things rise up. The one thing I know is, is I always need maturity in that area then. So he's calling them to a place of spiritual maturity. Now watch this. His concern for division... Started, started way before he addressed this topic of spiritual manifestation. And let me, don't turn to it, just let me read it to you real quick. But at the very beginning, in chapter 1, because this was, a, this, this, was, this was the church. They were in division. They were in the flesh. They were in discord. They were in dissension. They were, they were getting caught up in, in, this, in all this pagan idol worship and all these different gods, all this influences around them. So Paul's dealing with this church that's in conflict. That, that he's longing for the Holy Spirit to be glorified in and to be on display through. And so he, in, in chapter 1 and verse 10, Paul says, Guys, I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. When the Holy Spirit fell on the day of Pentecost, there is no division, there is no dissension, there is no who's better or who's least. Man, the only concern that they had was the glory of God falling upon them and the Holy Spirit fell in a place of unity. And this is what Paul is crying out here for, for the church. And, and again, he starts in chapter 1. Matter of fact, then you just go another few chapters and you get in chapter 3. Now this one's powerful. In chapter 3 and verse 1, he says, And I, brethren, this is, this is beautiful. He's like, guys, I couldn't even speak to you as spiritual. The word spiritual is mature. So he's like, I can't even speak to you as you're mature, but, but, but as carnal, which means uh, 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 spiritually immature, as to babes in Christ. So he is. He's addressing this church that he's addressing in chapter 12 on all these things. And the focal point of it is, is bringing them out of all this wrong thinking and this wrong teaching and out of their flesh. Come on. And out of division. And then early on, we see the struggle in the church where even the point where it's like, man, I can't even, I can't even bring to you any really deep spiritual mature things yet because I don't see that maturity in you. So I'm having to speak to you and talk to you as babes in Christ. How many of you want to be a mature church, a mature bride, that we can have some mature meat on the table? Come on, somebody. Amen? Well, I'll tell you how you handle this word. Come on. Will in large part determine our maturity to what the Lord's going to feed us as we move forward. Alright. So, so, so the point is... 
spiritual maturity establishes unity in a culture of honor. Spiritual maturity establishes unity in a culture of honor. Spiritual unity, maturity and unity are a vital part of the spiritual, uh, uh, that spiritual gifts are built upon and sustained upon. <clears throat> I'm not afraid of the enemy. Is anybody afraid of the enemy? Is everyone aware of the enemy? I'm not afraid of him. I, I know who I am and I know who my king is. But I'm aware. I, I don't have time to dig into this too much, but I just feel led in my spirit to just acknowledge this. But <clears throat> all through the years, I won't speak of other houses, even though I'm going to pretty much say it's the exact same way because it's the same workings on both ends. But in this house, any time that there's been a powerful, say a powerful release of God's glory, a powerful release of God's glory, where there's been strong manifestations of the Holy Spirit where the gifts were, 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 were released and there was a display of the Holy Spirit. Immediately following, immediately following, will come an attack on the unity within the church. And dissension and division will always, almost always rise up. Always. We've seen it. And it's how come so many churches just kind of stay here then because that gets really laborsome after a while. But, it, but, but watch this. Don't be fearful of that because God's growing us in maturity. Let's believe that. I mean, let's say God's growing us in maturity. Because the church grows in maturity and then the enemy comes in. See, we're not fearful, but we recognize, we're aware of. So now we're aware of, hey, we need to be, we need to be uh, on heightened alert right now because of what God's doing and the awakening and the moving and the display of the glory of God. And we know that's the last thing the enemy wants. Come on, is the power of God being released. And, <coughs> and the first two places that he'll attack is the love that's in your heart. And then out of that will flow division and dissension to break up unity within the house. And those things will slow down and if not stop altogether the display of the Holy Spirit and His manifestations. Amen. Amen, Scott. Praise God. Okay. I got one more. Everybody good? I thought this was interesting. I, I don't... I'm sharing it anyways, but... This is so important to me. And last night we were we were at this at a, at a great church in Owensboro. Man, praise God, the Father's heart. Yeah, if you're ever over there, go go visit it. It's, it's, we were just there for the conference. You could just feel the DNA. And it's so beautiful and hungry for God. So we were there. A lot of our leaders were there, and at the end they were finishing up, and the young pastor comes up and just kind of doing some clothes and stuff. And they, they recognized our church coming and being a part of it and just kind of honored us. And then <coughs> they, wanted to, they wanted to pray over Pastor Jason and I and, um, and just as pastors and so leading the church. So the pastor begins to pray over us. And he's just, he's just blessing us and I'm just receiving it and different things, just a, just a hunger awakening in the church. And, and, and God would give us the spiritual eyes and spirit of revelation as we seek His voice on this house and all these different things. I'm, just, I'm like, yes, 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 yes. And then he says, he says, and God... 
immediately stop any ounce of division that's in that house. And he said, God, if there's anyone causing division in that house, he said, stop them immediately or lead them out. Well, then I was kind of like, oh, wait a second now. I'm like, whoa. No, no, no. Then I'm I'm like, well, that's never the end result of anyone's heart. That's why we've got to get in the fruit of the Spirit because in that God will, there's nothing that we can't work through together. But there is a reality of how the enemy works through division and dissension and it should awaken our hearts and our minds to every conversation that we're having any and every moment of the day. Come on. Whether you're on the phone, the coffee shop, lunch, in the foyer, the bathroom, anything and everything that we do, the gifts of the Spirit are for the profit of all. And everything we should be doing should be for the benefit and the upholding of every individual, every family, every ministry, and ultimately the release of the display of the glory of God in this house. Amen? Amen. The third pillar is identity. So love, um, maturity, spiritual maturity, which brings unity. So God mature us. Amen? And I'll finish real quick on this because I know it's time, but let's let's get into this. And I'm wanting to lay all this groundwork before we start to break down uh, these gifts of the Spirit next week. But the third one is identity. I'm talking about like who we are in Him. All these, these are, these, again, they're pillars. They're pillars of Him manifesting through our lives. So this one here, what I'll just say is, is that, that Paul challenged the believers to understand their identity in Christ and their value to the body of Christ. And everybody pay real attention. Because if you're a part of this body, you're a part that this body needs. Come on. Since if you're not a hand, then you might be the elbow. You may be something I don't know who or what. But God, God places every bit in there. But the purpose of what Paul is saying here is, 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 about, is about the value of every member, every part of the, of the body. So he's saying that, listen, to fully function with the display of the Holy Spirit out of our lives, you've got to know who you are in Christ. Because if not, you're going to be standing back all the time. You're going to be questioning, be timidity, right? And all the other, and we've just got to know who we are in Him and what He's called us to do, and that it's Him manifesting through us. Come on, someone! So it's who we are in Him. Now I'll, I'll give you the, the the scripture of this, but again, it's all right here in chapter twelve, thirteen, and fourteen. But in chapter twelve, after after uh, listing these nine uh, gifts of the or manifestation of the Spirit, Paul says, "For in fact, the body." Body is not one member but many. And if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? So listen, knowing who we are in Him, our identity is so important because not only do we become secure in ourselves, but then we can also celebrate and honor all the other parts. Because there's no competition, because I need you. See, you got to understand, the, 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 the best thing that I can ever do is push any of you up. Because if I'm pushing you up, I'm being pulled up behind you. But you got to realize, any time you do the opposite and push anyone down, you will be pulled down with them. You're going down with them. Your heart, everything will begin to sink into that. 
And this is what Paul's talking about. we got to know our identity, one, so we can walk in the confidence of it and, and, and be able to yield and allow the Holy Spirit to manifest through it. But the other side of that is, guys, is that we can begin to celebrate all the gifts and all the parts of the body. Because I know every, everything. I, the, like, I'm a fan, Gary. I'm a fan of you. I'm a fan of what you carry. I'm a fan of your life experiences. I'm a fan of the Holy Spirit inside of you. I'm a fan of you as part of my body. And the more I celebrate every step that you take and every, every ounce that you open up and the fruit of the Spirit being manifested in you and as you begin to release and manifest gifts, maybe that I, man, all i got to do is get back and cheer you on because I'm part of your body. I'm connected to you. So as I elevate you and I celebrate you, come on, then we as a church are being celebrated and lifted up together from glory to glory to glory to glory all for the display of his glory let's give the lord a praise offering i feel like i'm tired amen um he's so good i'm out of time you guys are hungry love spiritual maturity and identity Love, spiritual maturity, and identity. Come on, somebody. Chapter 12, around 12 and 13, it says, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of the one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body and have all been made to drink of one Spirit. So I'm going to close with this statement. You guys ready? When, when believers are filled with love, the fruit of the Spirit, operating in spiritual maturity in the Spirit and not in the flesh, and they know their identity. They know who the Father is and they know who they are in the Father. The body of Christ will excel in supernatural manifestations of the Spirit. Come on. That's why there's more, but that's why I would, I, would, I would say that these are the probably the three primary targets of the enemy within the church and within us as sons and daughters is our heart, our love, um, our spiritual maturity and unity, and um, um, our identity. Amen? Constantly trying to get us to challenge those things. Is that good? 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Praise God. Craig, will you come? Hopefully next week if the, as the Holy Spirit leads, I'm going to get in and study some more. But uh, we'll begin to, to uh, just really break down and define the nine manifestations of the Spirit and how they function and, and all these different areas. So I'm looking forward to that. I encourage you to come and be ready to learn and grow. Amen. Stand with me this morning. <clears throat> I'm going to take us back to the beginning of the message. And I'm going to remind us that this whole message right here, Paul's message in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it wasn't about the gifts. It wasn't about the types of manifestations it is about the one spirit that works all in all and how he wants to flow through each and every one of us
that should, for the profit, for the benefit, for the increase, for the strengthening, for the light, for the fruit of the body of Christ. Amen? So I think how I want to finish today is, is just let Craig lead us for a moment. I'm going to open up this altar if there are specific things that you want to be prayed over. But could we as a congregation in, the, in these last few minutes just begin to lift up our voice in worship and, and invite the Holy Spirit to come and flood our hearts. Amen. To flood our lives. To be in control. To be in display. And, but I think ultimately for today that we pray and ask, Holy Spirit, Produce your fruit in me. Produce your fruit in me. Produce your fruit in me. Because that's going to put you in position for the gifts to be displayed. So today is, God, where, I'm, where my fruit is bad, where I'm lacking your fruit, Holy Spirit, I come to you as a blank canvas. Come on, man. I come to you. I need my heart healed, God. Holy Spirit, I need my heart healed. Holy Spirit, I need self-control. Come on. I need these things. I need You. Holy Spirit, I need You. Right now, I'm just submitting myself as a son and a daughter. And I'm, uh, I'm under the, the Spirit of revelation that's been released this morning. Come on. Holy Spirit, that I need purity. I need purity. God, let that fruit manifest big in my life. Let Your fruit, Holy Spirit, grow and enlarge inside of me today. God, that I could be that I could be holy and righteous before your eyes, that I could be a clean vessel for you to pour in and to pour through in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's worship for a moment. If you want to come to this altar, I encourage you to, man. It's a place where lives are altered at. It's a great place to lay things down. Just invite the Holy Spirit to come and fill you. Amen. Can we just thank him for the spirit of revelation this morning? Let's give him a praise offering. Come on. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Let me bless you. So, Lord, I just pray specifically right now for a hunger to arise in this house. I pray over every individual right now. Holy Spirit, we just ask you right now to stir up hunger. Hunger in our hearts. Hunger for more of you. Hunger for righteousness. Hunger for a willingness to let our flesh die and be crucified. Hunger for us to give you our yes in everything. Holy Spirit, move in our hearts. Stir up that fresh fire that longs for your presence to move in us and through us and out of us that you could truly be displayed and be glorified out of our life. And that God, through the workings of your Spirit, that the church be edified. That it profit. That it grow that it increase for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless you, love you, honor you. Have an awesome week. Thank you for joining us this week. Until next time.